Today's daf is daf chavches of Ter'er, and we're beginning with the last paragraph of Chav Zayin at the bottom. The paragraph begins, and we're discussing the uh, incident where the brothers, in Yosef's stream, the brothers are, are collecting together uh, bundles and we've explained that in our world we have uh, we have uh, so much separation and so much multiplicity, and this is because the sparks of holiness, as, which descend all the way to our world, uh, as they descend lower and lower and become more and more physical and mundane, they also have more more and more ego, and therefore every little detail becomes its own whole existence. So now the Pasuk says, and we say this in Davening, so how many are your works, Hashem? You've, you've created them all, you've made them all with wisdom. So this, this refers to the multiplicity that we have in creation because of because of the breaking of the uh, containers, which were meant to hold these spiritual lights. And this is most man, most uh, noticeable in the world of Asiya, which is the lowest of the four uh, worlds discussed in Kabbalah and Hasidus. And that's where there's the most separation and division. And that's why it's, uh, the, this uh, statement ends off, uh, you have made them all, because in the world of Asiya, of making of Asiya, of action, that's where there's the most division. Now... It says uh, it, 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 we started off the uh, with my rabbi Masech Hashem that uh, it, there's so so much there's so much uh, multiplicity and then continue with Kolom Chachma Sisa Sisa the which we said also refers to the world of action it also uh, means uh, rectification because how do we rectify multiplicity through uh, through Chachma. Chachma is the uh, part of the mind where we're listening rather than trying to put together. We're letting our subconscious talk. And that l- humility and that self nullification allows the, all the disparate parts which each have their own ego to come together. And this is the job, the job of the Jew to bring together multiplicity through uh, aligning them all with Hashem and, and showing how all of them are part of the Hashem's one plan. So, and this is what the Pasuk, uh, uh, what, uh, sorry, the uh, statement that we say in Mincha uh, on Shabbos means that you are one and your name is one and who is like your people Israel who are one nation on, on earth meaning that Hashem in essence is one and his name is one meaning the, the way Hashem uh, reveals himself uh, is one the rays from Hashem are one and then the Jewish people are the one nation on earth meaning that their job is to even in the place of multiplicity, they'll put it back together as one. Now, the top of Chavches, the brothers were uh, bundling together wheat in the field. This is what Yosef saw in his dream. This is the job of the, the, the tribes of the Shvatim, that they have to bring together all the disparate sparks of this world and bundle them together, tie them all together. 
uh, and as we we elevate we lift the uh, physical back to its godly source everything becomes more one actually there's the four worlds and the highest world the highest spiritual world which is called atzilos the world of emanation is the world where everything is is uh, at one and that's what the brothers are trying to do bring items of the this physical world that seemed to be just mundane and lift it up towards atzilos and uh that's that's the idea of tying together stalks. You start off with a lot of different things and then it becomes one bundle. Now, when they when they uh, successfully lift up the sparks, then they they uh, cause um, oneness in the field. This field refers to uh, in Kabbalah, it talks about there's a statement that uh, many say before Kiddush. On Shabbos, which is to uh, recognize the spiritual forces that are present and manifest at the meal, and one of them is this uh, orchard of holy apples, and that's where they, which refers to Malchus, the which is the end, the lowest part of Atzilos, the world of emanation. Everything is one, and Malchus is where it starts imagining the concept of an other, and the, but it's still within Atzilos. There's still no multiplicity; it's all one. But imagining, starting to imagine another. And that's where they were trying to bring up uh, everything, all the sparks of uh, godliness they could find in this world. Now, also, this word malmim alumim, besides meaning to bundle the stalks together, it also comes from the word ilain, which means mute. Why? Because the how... How can we do that? How can we lift up the physical and make it uh, godly? It's through Elaine being mute that we're in a state of total self-nullification. And then we're not giving, we're not sharing our own ideas, rather we're just letting Hashem shine through. And that allows us to bring back up to Hashem. You see this concept with the difference in number between Sphiris Omer, which has 49 days, verse, um, verse the 42 places where the Jewish people camped on their way from Egypt to Eretz Yisrael. The 42 is six times seven, whereas Sphiris Omer is seven times seven. What's the difference? The difference is, do we go through all seven of the Midas, all seven uh emotional expressions that the person has, which all represent and, and reflect godly expressions, or only the first six with all their seven manifestations. And the difference is that the uh, if we're talking about serious Aimer, then we go through our entire psyche. Whereas when we're talking about the, the travels, we're trying to travel up towards Hashem, and therefore we're not in a state of revealing and expressing ourselves. We're in a state of humility, and therefore without Malchus, which is about expression. Because we only need to speak uh, when there's someone else, but when we're by ourselves, we're by ourselves, or we're just trying to receive from Hashem. We're trying to connect. We're not trying to talk. Then we don't need speech, and therefore, uh, that therefore mute being mute is connected with elevating the sparks back up to Hashem. We find that speech is not only for humans, but even for spirits. The Gemara talks about two spirits that were talking, and uh, the conversation was overheard. And uh, this, uh, this is, but this is all where you're trying to express yourself. But when you're trying to receive, then you can't, re- then you can't give over anything. 
because then you're in a state of bittle. And this is similar, the Maimah quotes uh, just a few lines earlier from with Aidi the Tarad Lamivla, that the Gemara says that when, uh, and it's brought in halacha regarding um, the laws of salting uh, meat, that when you're trying to absorb, you don't, Aidi the Tarad um, when it's trying to absorb, it doesn't spit out. And when it's trying to spit out, it doesn't absorb. Um, that, uh, that, and, and therefore with salting, the blood either it's going in or going out, it doesn't go both ways. But the idea for us is that when someone is trying to uh, reach a state of bittal, where they're just letting Hashem through and they're quieting down their own uh, ideas and their own ego, uh, which where it, it, it's at variance, moving away from what Hashem wants, so then he is like mute. This is also similar to a fetus, which is relying on the mother and eating from the mother. Then after birth, then that's independence day and the person becomes their own, that starts to become their own person. So when we want to refine sparks, it's like this state of pregnancy, of being a fetus in this state of pregnancy. Uh, that uh, that we can't, uh, sorry, when we were refining sparks, then we're in a state of we're, we're being active. But then when we are lifting them back up, then it's back in a state, then they're not active anymore because then we bring them back up to a state of humility. And that's, a, that's like pregnancy. That uh, it's, that it's uh, mute. Like we said, that that's the meaning of ilame. And um and uh, actually, there's a second stage of pregnancy. In other words, a second state of receiving because after a person is born and then starts to develop, they want to learn someone else's ideas. So that state of just being totally quiet and listening and trying to understand the other before they then develop and take those ideas further, that's also like a state of pregnancy. Now, the 12 tribes, most of them were holy. They were all holy people, but all of them except for Yosef were souls that began in the worlds of Bia, of Bria, Tzirasia, where there's already the idea of others and division and separation. And they tried to bring holiness to that state uh, through elevating everything back towards Atzillus. This is also uh, reflected in the Temple of Shlomo, the first place of Migdash, which had 12 golden bulls in front of the uh, Heichel, and on top was this pool of water. And the 12 uh, uh, bulls, golden bulls represent, uh, that, that's within the world of Bria. And then on top of them is this uh, pool, which represents the Malchus of Atzillus, the end of Atzillus, where it's, start, where it's considering other, but there's not, there isn't yet separation. So therefore, the job of the tribes, who are the beginning of the worlds where there is separation, is to elevate everything back up towards their spiritual source, where there's only Hashem. However, despite their best efforts, although the tribes are trying to lift everything back up to Hashem with, with humility and self-nullification, but they still need a gift of a high level of bittal, which comes from Hashem. And without that, they are the, uh, all the efforts to become one with Hashem are not fully fruitful. They still remain separate. Although trying to come close and wanting to be 
included and subsumed in Hashem. It's only when Hashem gives that gift that then they actually fully become one with Hashem. And that is the second refinement which happens when Hashem gives decides on decides on that and and lets the uh, light and energy of Atzilos, the world of closeness, Hashem and, and uh, which is just pure godly emanation, uh, wash over them. And so this is like a a, a person who might uh, eat and drink in order to have energy, and then he uses that energy to uh, daven to pray, and he prays with passion using the food that the energy of the food that he ate and that food uh, has within it sparks of the world of Tehu, of the, that uh, state of chaos where there was this intense godliness like we spoke yesterday and then it, uh, the, the the containers were too weak for them and that broke and fell down into the physical or worlds and in general into BR. but even though we're using that effort to daven it's still not one fully one with Hashem but then when Hashem gives the gift of this gift of love and reverence of Hashem, so that is, uh, that's where he, he actually becomes fully one with Hashem, and that is the second refinement. Even Rabbi Akiva, when he was at that state that he was giving up his whole life for Hashem, but still it wasn't only, uh, it wasn't only uh, Hashem, he still was a person, but uh, a person who was giving himself up, but still a person. But only when Hashem let Rabbi Akiva's effort towards oneness meet with Hashem's gift of oneness, that's when he actually became one. And, and uh, that's the idea of Yechuda Tata, the lower union, which is what uh, creations, people and other creations, angels can try to accomplish with Yechuda Elah, with the higher union. And this is what Yosef can accomplish the the highest of the twelve tribes is Yosef, and he is able to uh, bring together the uh, oneness from Hashem's side with the uh, human effort. And this is uh, hinted in the story of Eden, where we have uh, Eden itself. Eden is uh, representative of Atzilus, where all is one. Then there's this river coming out of Aden, and it uh, the river uh, gives water for the gun, for the gardens. In other words, the, the implication of the Pasuk is that Aden and the gun are two separate places. The garden and Eden itself are different places, and the river uh, is what feeds the garden. So the garden is at, at the end of Atzillus, which is Malchus of Atzilus, that we're, we're within the world where there's only Hashem, but starting to think of the concept of another. And the river is this flow of godly energy, which can only flow within Atzilus, but can't continue on into the worlds of Biyah, where now there's already the idea of separation and independence. And that's why once the river reaches Gan, which is the garden at the end of Atzillus uh, Malchus, that's when it separates into four separate rivers. And Yosef is the one who's able to connect the two experiences, oneness as from the human perspective and from the perspective of creations in general with oneness as it is from Hashem's perspective. And therefore, the refinement that Yosef can accomplish is much greater than that, that of the other brothers, uh, which uh, he, he is like uh, the uh, river, which is still flowing from Eden before it separates. 
And uh, this is what we mean when uh, Yosef dreamed of the brothers uh, that, that they were bundling their wheat, which is doing their best at, at bringing together the sparks of godliness that they found within the created worlds and elevating them back up to Hashem. But then Yosef refines it at a higher level. Now, Yosef was also bundling wheat with them because since he also came down into a body. He also had that experience of having to refine the physical world. But then after they did their best, then they also they um, weren't able to go on to the second level and therefore they surrounded uh, Yosef's bundle and bowed to him, to his bundle, meaning that they're having the ultimate battle. And then Yosef will come and achieve the next level, bring, uh, the, bring over, over them the battle, that nullification and oneness, from Hashem's perspective. Now, what's the concept? To further explain the concept of uh, them, them bowing to Yosef's bundle, this is the paragraph at the bottom of the first side of 28 of Chavches. And also to explain the second dream where the sun, moon, and stars bow to Yosef. So now we've got a problem because the sun and the moon is the parents. How could Yaakov be bound to Yosef? Yes, the brothers were at a lower spiritual state than Yosef, but Yaakov wasn't. We know that actually Yaakov was, in a way, slightly higher than Yosef, that uh, Yaakov is referred to as the body upon which Yosef is, is, refer, is compared to the bris, is very much connected with the idea of the, the covenant and circumcision, and which happens on the body. And they are, they are like one, but Yaakov is still higher. So why would he be bound to Yosef? So the answer is that bowing has two concepts. One is that we're bowing because the other one is higher than, than us, and therefore we're humble and nullified before him. But the other idea is when we're bowing, we're bringing something down. We're pulling something from up and bringing it down. Now, when the Shvatim, when the, when the other tribes bowed to Yosef, they were doing it simply for the, they were doing it, first of all, for the first reason. They were at a lower spiritual state and they wanted Yosef to bring down to them. And in order to do that, uh, they had to do, they had to first do their, their best efforts in, in elevating the physical. And uh, like it says, that, uh, that blessing only rests on an empty, uh, uh, it doesn't rest in an empty place. It only rests where, where you've made a keli, where you've made a receptacle, and then Hashem can give more, can give his gift, and therefore they have to do their best first. We can also give another example of this, that uh, in a uh, relationship with a couple, that the uh when when a when a uh, wife um does an act act of service or gifts the husbands then that arouses the the husband and um so this is the idea also that the that the brother's efforts uh, aroused joseph and now there is also a there is also a second level besides the fact that uh, that they're, they're simply at a low level and they're bound to Yosef, but they're also bringing something from beyond that uh, they're actually helping to elicit that uh, godly gift which uh, Yosef is giving, but it's actually elicited from the efforts of the other tribes. Now, this also explains why the brothers hated Yosef. And the reason is because they felt that they were also 
able to elicit from the highest spiritual world, from Atsilos, and therefore felt that they were not in need of Yosef. They were at the same basic level as him. But they were wrong because although ultimately uh, they, their soul was able to lift and connect back up to Atsilos, but in the state that it but but the, their actual soul was the soul of Bria. Yes, it elicited something from Atsilos, but it wasn't their place. Atsilos, the highest spiritual world, was something beyond them. Whereas Yosef, his soul came from Atsilos, and therefore he came from a, a world of pure oneness. And, and therefore, in order to elicit from that, they needed to have this connection and this humility before Yosef. Short, the Mimer said that the idea of the brothers bundling their wheat, which has two translations actually, either bundling or being mute, is because the brothers came from within the worlds of the other, worlds of other, of creation. And they're trying to uh, bring all the sparks of godliness that are mixed in and, and, and divided into many disparate parts, or bringing it all together. And um, they do it through their bittle, through bowing to Yosef. When they bow to Yosef, they're also bringing down from above, bringing down from Yosef, uh, who, who uh, gives the gift from Hashem's perspective, which is that high level of oneness and higher unity. Um, Yaakov was also at the level of Yosef, but he his when he bowed, it was mostly the second for the second, it was for the second reason, whereas the tribes bound for both reasons, uh, both because they were lower and also to bring down from above. Um, and uh, this also mirrors the story of uh, in the beginning of creation, where we've got the river coming out of Aden and then separating um, with the garden being the end of Atsilus, the end of the world of closeness, and then separating is in Bia. Now we're going to go on to the next moment. The Maima explains the idea of dreams. Shir is, and this is the beginning of uh, benching of the grace after meals uh, on days where we don't say Tachron like on Shabbos, Shir HaMalos, Peshuv, etc., that uh, this that there will be a song of ascent that uh, the Jewish people will say as uh, returnees from uh, coming back to Tzion. They'll say, we were like dreamers. In the exile, we were like dreamers. That's how we're going to explain it. A simple interpretation is, we like dreamers, we can't imagine getting back. But let's see, what does a dream mean? So the idea of a dream is where you could have two things that both independently make sense, but you can put them together so they don't make sense. The example that Trevor gives is funny because now we actually have it. A ship makes sense. Flying could happen, right? Birds fly. But to have a spaceship, that doesn't make sense. But in a dream, you can have it. And that's because in a dream, we do have our imagination, but we don't have the part, the, our discerning part of the mind. And therefore, we're able to have things that don't make sense coming together. And this is really how we all are in a, in, during Golas. Now, on one hand, we have times where we get excited and we get inspired. We might dive in with a lot of passion. And, and, and at that moment, all we care about is Hashem. But then we finish davening and suddenly different things become important to us. And now suddenly we're busy with our work and busy with our mundane affairs. And we've got our whole excitement and koch, our whole uh, desire is in these other things. 
Now, what's going on during davening? He was somewhere totally different and he was reflecting on how Hashem is one and that's it. And now what have we done? We've put it totally together with the whole passion in our pleasures and desires and, and uh, other mundane yearnings. And that's like a dream where we could put together two opposites. Now, it is true that the Torah itself instructs us that we should plant fields and that we should uh, be involved in the world. But the deeper intention of that was never just about getting involved in agriculture or getting involved in business. It was always about finding the sparks and refining them. And that's how a spiritually uplifted person would read the pasuk, would read the verse. Um, but uh, people who are at a lower spiritual level will read it just in a very simple way that let's work as hard as we can to be financially successful. And that's what's going to be important to them. Although that's not the real intention of why we're involved in the physical world. And, but what happens is many people make their bodily needs the main thing. This is the exact opposite of their feeling while they were inspired during davening that the, their love should be only for Hashem. Next paragraph. Now, even if a person feel, uh, realizes that this is true about themselves, he shouldn't feel bad and say, oh, my davening was for naught and it was just uh, imagination. It wasn't real. I never had real Ava to Hashem because, yes, after davening, your excitement may wane and dissipate. You might feel excited about only about things related to your body and, and uh, similar and therefore you might think that your, your excitement and love for Hashem was not real and it was just like a dream, uh, which you're in a dream, you can have opposites together because you only have imagination. But uh, the concept of a dream has a very high spiritual source. We'll understand this through quoting a pasuk, which we say at the end of Aleinu, that the Pasuk says that on that day when Mashiach comes, then Hashem will be one and his name will be one. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean? Now Hashem is not one and his name is not one. And the Gemara says, yeah, now his name is not one. You know why? Because we write Hashem's name one way, Yudke Vavke, and we read it a different way. We read it as Adnai, and therefore it's not one, meaning that Hashem's name is also in Golos, is also in exile, that it's uh, covered in under a garment, and uh, therefore, we have this concept of uh, sleep during Galos, during the exile, that we can mix together opposites, which really are separate things. And this can actually be used for the good. This idea of a dream is, is something positive as well. Like we see, the, the Gemara says, that you could have two opinions in Torah. They're opposite opinions, but both of them are the word of Hashem. And that's like the idea of a dream where you could combine opposites and they're all one. But this is only uh, when you're in a state of circles and dreams where everything comes together there's no top and bottom there's only a circle but then when Hashem's light moves into more organized systems of kavim of lines then you have the right which is the side of self-expression and love the left which is discipline discipline and restraint and the center which takes the uh, concerns of the left together with pushing forward as the right would want and uh, there, everything becomes separate. Next paragraph. Ach. But this state where 
uh, everything's mixed together is this is a state where the discerning mind is asleep. And this uh, helps us understand the Pasuk, Albish Shamayim Kadros, which uh, can be translated as that I'll dress the heavens with darkness. That the heavens represents a state where, where there's unlimited godly light, which is like a circle. And when we're at that state, there's darkness. Why? Because uh, we can have we can have opposites. The imagination lets opposites come together, and that's the idea of shemaim. The circle lets opposites and let dark lets darkness in to all together. Because really, in their source, they are all one. Really, everything is Hashem. It's only when after it evolves into organized system of lines of Kavim, like we said before, that's when you can't have opposites anymore, and everything has its own line and its own style. And their opposites become distant. And uh, when, on on the other hand, when we have a when we have a, a state of uh, darkness of concealment, then uh, then uh, then then things do go together. Whereas when we have revelation, revelation is good; it's revelation of godliness. But it's also a li- limited revelation, and therefore everything is stuck in its. Uh, place uh, in the uh, catalog, so to speak, and its own system. Next paragraph, Lost in Love. On the other hand, once Mashiach comes, there'll be no more garments and, and uh, concealments, and then Hashem will be one and his name will be one, and so we'll see Hashem directly, and therefore when Mashiach comes and we're coming back to Zion, marching back to Zion together, we will be, uh, we'll recognize that we were like dreamers. This idea that in the exile we put together our passion for Hashem together with passion for the physical. Now, there's actually something positive here. And this is uh, this is why uh, we see the specialty of Yosef in dreams. And in this way, Yosef was at an even a higher level than Moshe Rabbeinu and, uh, and uh, Nodav and Avihu, the two great uh, sons of Aaron who passed away uh, on the day of the, the uh, dedication of the Mishkan. They came, their souls were respectively the Ruach, the spirit, and the Nefesh, the basic soul of Yosef. There's five parts of the soul, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshamacha, Yechida. And the basic level of the soul is nefesh. One level higher, which is called ruach, is the spirit. And um, Nadav was ruach, Avihu was nefesh. And therefore, when they passed away, according to one opinion, the people who carried them out and looked looked after their uh, coffins were the people who were impure and couldn't bring the Karim Pesach. And they said, we are Tomei to Nefesh Adam. We're Tomei only to the Nefesh. Who's Nefesh? That's Avihu, who was only the lowest level of Yosef Nefesh. Whereas Nadav is the Ruach, is the high level of Yosef's soul, Ruach, and he was therefore at such a spiritual state like Yosef that and there was no impurity with him. He was beyond that. Everything is part of the one God. It all is included together. And therefore, there was no need to purify those who carried Nadav. They only needed purification because they carried Avihu. 
And this is what the Pasuk means in Tehillim, that we're led like sheep of Yosef, because we, during exile, are all like uh, Yosef, that we have this concept of dreaming, which means, uh, yes, on one hand, we're a bit confused, but on the other hand, we're bringing everything together, and uh, like the concept of circles beyond lines, and this is why Yosef is called Ben Parat Yosef, Ben Paras Yosef, why? Because Paras is the same, uh, the same uh, letters as Tafer. His, he was given that name because he was able to, Tefer means to sew, he was able to sew together opposites because he was beyond a state where everything was stuck in its format. And therefore he was the one who was able to also be Peser, he was able to interpret dreams, he understood dreams where you have opposites together. So we have these three words that all have the same letters, Peras, which has different meanings. One of them is his, his, his fruitful um, poser, which means to interpret dreams and tofer, to sew it all together. So the message is, yes, we should try to be fully focused and passionate and direct our strivings and our interests only towards Hashem's uh, mission for us. But yet, yes, at the same time, we'll have times where we're more excited perhaps about a, a stake than about this moment we're learning. But we should know that still our excitement for Hashem is true as well. And ultimately with Mashiach, we'll see how everything is Hashem and it is all one.